we are finishing our series, Heroes of Faith. And you think, well, the title really don't match. Yes, it does, because you're the hero of faith today. If you read in the book of Acts, everybody wants to attribute everything that miracles and things that, that people did after Jesus was resurrected to the 12 apostles. And the 12 apostles were awesome, and they're, they're not replaceable, but there were other apostles even, and there were prophets even, and the, there were evangelists, and there were pastors, and there were teachers, and they were normal people just like you. They weren't the 12. 12 people can't turn the world upside down, but 12 people can get it started and pass it on. What they preach, what Paul preached, we take it and we preach. What Jesus said, we take it and we use it in our life. So what I want to ask is, you know, uh, who do you know? Who are you walking with? And it's got to be God. And you've, it's, it's time to go deeper. So we're going to just going to share a little bit about what we need to do and how we need to do it. But I want to challenge you to read the book of Acts and look at the things that people did who weren't the apostles. Like Stephen. Man, Stephen was a just man. He did miracle signs and wonders. He was a deacon. He served people. It's what deacons do. Serve. Philip, the first evangelist, went to Samaria, preached. There was great joy in that city. He even got translated. I mean, zip from here to there. Beam me up, Scotty, and beam me over here. Talking to an Ethiopian. What is that about? I'm going to mess you up, too. He had four daughters who prophesied. All right, ladies. Four daughters who prophesied. Prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. And, 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 and sometimes it's not comforting to get exhorted to live right. Because that means you got to change. But it's still, it's comforting knowing that God loves you. But those ladies, those four daughters prophesied. There's even a, a lady named, and I can't say her, Julia or something. She was counted as an apostle. And so you look at these people. There was a prophet named Agabus. Look him up. He was so accurate prophesying what was coming. He said, there's a famine coming to Jerusalem. You know what they did? They went, oh, that's bad. No, they said, we need to take up some money and send it to them so they give, be ready for this famine. That's how accurate the guy heard God's voice of what was coming. And we're going to show today how you need to be hearing God's voice of what's coming. Men, people like Silas, he was accounted as a prophet. He worked with Paul. And then there was a married couple, Priscilla and Aquila. And every time they named Priscilla and Aquila, Priscilla's name's first, which everybody determines that she was probably the, the Bible teacher. Just saying. And she, they, her and her husband helped Apollos, who's one of the great evangelists of the day. They taught him the more excellent way. He taught about Jesus the way John did. And they set him down and they taught him the word. And man, he, he uh, got thousands of people saved. And so let's, let's dig into the word today. Uh, who do you know? Uh, and we're going to talk about us knowing God, knowing Jesus, knowing the Holy Spirit. So number one is know God. And so we're just going to talk a little about, you know, God is good and always good. Now, there's a lot of religious people that tell you that's not so, that God will do this to you and God will do that to you. So I'm going to, I'm going to kick over some sacred cows, change your thinking. What do you mean by sacred cows? Well, in India, 
they're starving and they, they worship these Brahma cows that walk down the street and they ought to be killing them and eating them. And so uh, there's some thinking that's wrong that we think that God's this way. Maybe we need to kick that cow over and get it rid of it. Uh, and we need to realize who God is and what he means to us and what he is for us. God is for you. All right? And so, so in Hebrews 11:6, 6, first we'll talk about knowing God said, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's a mouthful right there. Leave that up just for a second. Without faith, you got to have faith if you want to please God. And Jesus perfectly pleased the Father. And so God wants us, uh, God wants us to know him. So that, the next phrase is, for he, he who comes to God must believe. Do you believe in God? All right, if you believe in God, then you need to be going after this. You need to be get, getting a hold of it. A lot of you have been believing God for a long time. But I'm believing, I'm asking the Holy Spirit to stir some things up in you today. And so, he, here's the other thing too. If you believe in God, then you need to believe that he's a rewarder. Come on. Dave went to heaven and he's going to receive a reward. So will you. And so, so the Bible talks about a crown, but, but you know, God's a rewarder in this life to get you on your feet so you can pull other people up. God wants you on your feet so you can help people. And so he's a rewarder of those who diligently, are you diligently seeking him? Or you wait till trouble comes and you go, oh, Lord, help me. Help me, Lord. Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. No. That, that's not diligently seeking him. And so let's, let's be diligent. I mean, you're diligent to watch Netflix and watch that whole series. Can't wait to get back to it. When you ought to be, can't wait to get, I get in the Word. Can't wait to talk to God. Can't wait to pray a little bit. And how about prayer? How about prayer? Let's just, just quit, quit being religious on prayer and just start talking to God. Father, I just want to thank you for today. And I, I need to, man, it just looks like that's going downhill. Help me understand that. Teach me. Show me. Talk to him. Worship him. Honor him. So in Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, it says, now faith is the assurance, and I'm going to read it in the uh, Amplified, but they got, uh, now faith is the assurance or the title deed of things hoped for. And you'll read there, God at various times and, and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets. But I want you to look, now faith is assurance. Uh, the title deed, the things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, the evidence of things not seen. I'm reading it too fast. Now, faith is the assurance. Do you have the assurance that you know that you're saved? Come on, today, let's lock that in. And I'll explain a little bit about how to have that assurance. Are you, are you assured? Do you have the title deed to your salvation? You have the confirmation of it? What scripture are you standing on? Do you talk to yourself? You need to start. And I'm not talking about, you know, oh, yeah, and answer. No, I'm talking about looking in the mirror in the morning when you're fixing your hair and say, you know what, you're a child of God. You're a child of God. And then tell yourself, act like it. Yeah? Because, you know, you can get up on the wrong side of the bed. 
Sometimes you need to get in the bed and get back up on the right side of the bed. When you have teenagers, you understand what I'm talking about. And so it's, it's, it's the guarantee of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehend, comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced in the physical senses. Quit trying to, oh, I didn't, I, I didn't feel nothing today. No, it's not by faith. God's here, isn't he? So say this before we move on. Say, I trust God. Learn to trust him. Don't blame anything on him. Well, the Lord did that, or the Lord did this, or the Lord took him, or the Lord did that. Uh Uh-uh. No, trust him. Now, the greatest revelation came through Jesus of God. You know what that is? It's Father. Old Testament, servants. New Testament, sons and daughters. Are you with me? Old Testament servants, New Testament, new relationship. We're brothers and sisters of Jesus. It's good having Jesus as king, but God is our father. I know y'all getting quiet on me. The greatest revelation Jesus said, God is father. So number two, knowing Jesus. Know Jesus. And I'm going to say this, Jesus is perfect doctrine. When you don't understand what in the world's going on in the Old Testament, go back and read John. Go back and read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then read John again. And he explains that Jesus changes everything. Jesus came to show us the Father. Jesus came to show us God. You want to know what God looks like? Glad you asked. In John 14, 6, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The only way you get into heaven is through Jesus. Not Buddha, not Muhammad, sorry, not anybody else. It's Jesus and Jesus only. You can only get to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. In verse 7, if you had known me, or if you had known me, you would have known my Father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. And now Philip goes, wait a minute. Show us the Father, and it will be sufficient for us. In verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you have not known me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Okay? Now, I've never seen Jesus physically. Some people have. He's never spoke to me audibly, but he has spoken to me in my spirit. But I haven't seen Jesus. How do I know what Jesus looks like? It's not talking about physical appearance. It's not talking about his curly hair or his curly beard or how tall he is. It's talking about how he lived, what he said, how he acted, what he did. If you've seen me and how I act, you've seen the Father. So so he said, have I been with you? Listen, he says, he who has seen me has seen the Father. I only do what the Father tells me to do. I only say what the Father tells me to say. So what Jesus said, that's why I said Jesus is perfect doctrine. He came and messed it up. Jesus is Lord. Jesus is King. And what Jesus says goes. Just because God had to take care of this group over here in the Old Testament don't mean he's taking care of people like that today. But you do reap what you sow. 
You're going to start a war, you're going to get a busted mouth. You're going to start a fight, you're going to get, and it's going to be ugly. Look at Ukraine and Russia right now. Russia started to fight, and it's ugly. War is ugly. But men are reaping what they're sowing. But sometimes, you know, some of this stuff going on, God's preparing for the last days, too. We can pray all we want about it, and we're supposed to pray. But God's setting up the last days. Jesus is coming. So, in verse 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me, he does the works. Did you all see that? I say, I do, and it's the Father in me that does the works. How are you going to do the works? You can't heal anybody. You can't save anybody. But it's the Father that dwells in you. It's the Holy Spirit in you. It's the Word of God in you that you share that changes people's lives. The Word of God is alive. And so I know I'm teaching, but hang with me because we're really going to dig in here. Believe me that I'm in the Father, the Father in me. Or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly, I say to you that he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. Wow. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. So who do we pray to? The Father. In whose name? In Jesus' name. Jesus is our champion, and we get to pray to the Father in Jesus' name. And he said, if you ask in my name, we're going to do it. What are, you, what are you afraid to ask for? What is it that you go, I can't ask God for that because he wouldn't do that for me. I'm not good enough. Do you know how many people have that mindset? I, I can't do that. Look at all these graduates. They weren't all 18. Forgive me, but it's never too late to say yes to God's plan. It's never too late to say yes to Jesus. It's never too late to go, you know, I believe in Jesus, but I'm on the wrong path to change paths. Man, I've changed jobs because God led me to a new job or a different job, and learning a new job is not fun. I wasn't saying anything. I'm laying in bed at 3 a.m. in the morning, rolling over this new job that I just started, trying to learn it in my mind at 3 a.m., and my wife wakes up and says, what is wrong with you? And I hadn't said anything, but the turmoil in my mind trying to get everything organized, she could sense it. Hey, we carry stuff, don't we? And, you, and people say, well, you can't see that on me. I said, I see it on you. That's not me. No, well, that's pride talking now. Because we carry things that we need to turn over to God, and, and, and we need to pray about it, and we need to know that God's going to hear and God's going to help. God is our helper. God's going to help us. Jesus came. Amen? Now, I want to show one more scripture in Acts 4.13, and then we're going to dive in a little deeper. But Acts 4.13, this is where Peter and John, they're going in the temple. This man was crippled. 
He'd been there even when Jesus walked. Jesus walked by him. Do you know Jesus can walk by you and you won't recognize it? You know, I said it last week that, that things happened in Jerusalem and Jesus was, lived his life and crucified and people didn't even know it. A lot of the leaders in the church today came out of the Jesus movement. And I was listening to these guys that just had a movie about it. But a year and a half ago, I was listening to these two guys talk about it. And the guy on the left said, I missed that whole movement. And I went, what? And I said, Lord, I don't want to miss the next move of God. I don't want to miss what you're doing. I mean, there's more than just going to work. And there's more than just raising a family. There's more... There's a move of God that's coming that we need to be a part of it. We need to set our heart on the things that God's about to do in the earth. And that's why I'm preaching this because guess who he's going to use? You were born for this time. You were born for this time to be in the earth. And you're not too old and you're not too young. And Jeremiah 1 7, Jeremiah saying, Lord, I'm too young. I'm just a teenager. They won't, nobody will hear me. And you're not too young and you're not too old. John wrote 1st, 2nd, 3rd John in his 80s. He wrote the book of John in later 80s. Come on. It's time to write that book. It's time to do what God's called you to do. And I'm not saying to quit your job and go live in a cave or whatever. I'm saying you can work at your job and still be the light and the salt and still do what God's called you to do. And there's a calling on us. And we're, we're sent to live in this time, in this era. When all this hell is breaking loose and all this junk is going on in the world, but you are called to be salt and light. And, and all of heaven, in Hebrews 11, all the great cloud of witnesses, they're cheering us on. They're wishing they lived now. Abraham, David, anybody that we talked about, these heroes of faith, they're wishing they lived today. We just, we just trying to make it, Pastor. Time to not try to make it. Do you know David killed Goliath? Do you know who killed his brothers? Old goofballs that he found living in a cave with him. Huh? Scallywags. Nobody wanted to have them around. Nobody, you know, they were outcast. And the Spirit of God got on them, and they killed the three giants, his brothers. Huh? Somebody said there was 400 of them. They said, you know there was some barbecuing going on. <laughs> well, those guys, all of them camped out there. Somebody killed a deer and they barbecued it. They got to eat. But you think about it, quit selling yourself short. I'm no good. I'm not able. I can't do this. What about you got it hanging on the wall somewhere at the house? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You got it, and it's just a good saying. It's not a good saying. It's real. When you get that new job or you go to that school and you take a look at these ladies uh, and, and topping their class, it's because God helps them. And it ought to be that you teach your kids, we're going to pray before you have a test. We need you to study. And the Holy Spirit's going to bring to remembrance everything that you studied. I taught my daughter that. She prayed in nursing school. She called me every week. All right, I got a test. I need you to get in agreement with me. Come on and pray with me. And we pray. I said, you study? Yeah. I said, oh, you're going to win. You got it. You got it. It's called confidence in God and the Holy Spirit. And so number three is the Holy Spirit. And we're going to camp out here. 
I said something last Sunday. It probably went over your head. But you, you, I've heard people say, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask David what it was like to kill Goliath. And David's going to say, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you? When you get saved, you get baptized. Jesus baptized you in the Holy Spirit. You become part of the family of God. Come on. You have the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. Man, I want to know him in this resurrection power. Wait a minute. We know that he was raised from the dead, but we want to know that resurrection power that's on the inside of us. It's time to turn loose that resurrection power. So we're going to build some things and know that God's with us and he's God's our helper and there's power available. Are y'all ready for some power? How many would like to see an undeniable miracle? Come on, anybody, half of y'all. Because you know what? We may have to do something we don't normally do. We may have to tell somebody, rise and walk, like Peter and John did, because Peter saw he had faith, silver and gold, have I not? But what I do have is the resurrection power of God on the inside of me. And I say, rise up and walk, and he yanked him up. So if I ever get crippled, come yank me up. Well, what if it don't work? Well, what if it does? The what if it don't work and keep you defeated? I need to, I've, I, I've always had a dream of starting a business. But what if it don't work? What if I just don't know what? What if that, that you, and you know what? The what if I had done it ought to haunt you. The things that I've done for people, the ones that haunt me is the ones that I know I was supposed to have helped and I didn't. The one that haunts me, I was in North Carolina, two and a half hours away, and I pulled up and I'm looking for this place, and a woman pulls up and it looked like a tire of a truck come off and hit her windshield. And the whole windshield shattered, and she's on the phone with somebody crying, and the Holy Ghost said, you need to help her. I'm like, I don't know that woman. I don't know. And it haunts me to this day that I should have helped her. You need to learn to hear what the Holy Spirit's saying because he'll ask you to do things. And I didn't have the cash, but he would have gave me the cash. I've done it enough where I've given away what's in my pocket and it comes back to me. Ah, let me get going here. Come on, know the Holy Spirit. He is in the earth. Let's just establish that. We tell our kids to give them an understanding. We're asking Jesus in our heart. Well, you're asking the Holy Spirit, the one that comes into your heart, because the Bible says God is on the throne. He is seated on the throne in heaven, and on his right side is Jesus seated right by him. But who is in the earth is the Holy Spirit, and he's here to help you. And so we're going to read a little bit about him, and we want to, I want to encourage you to lean into the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. See, the Bible says, or, or the world calls it women's intuition. Or men said, you know, I had a gut feeling about that. That's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says that the belly of a man's a candle of the Lord. It's by your spirit, man. This is where you sense your spirit, man's right here. And you sent, mm, that ain't right. That ain't right. Something ain't right about that. It's right here. And so you feel, you know, and when something's not right, you know to back up. You can just sense. We are spiritual beings. And our spirit can hear the Holy Spirit. How about demon spirits? I'm, I'm going to give you just a, a just real quick. I'm, I'm holding on here. There's some martial arts that you take it to the top level, 
and you get trained, and one of the last teaching is, is they stand you or sit you in a chair, and 30 people walk by you, and you got to pick out the one that's fixing to attack you. Ah, how you do that? Because you're in the spirit of some sort. You can know that you know in your spirit God can show you things, and you need to learn to be led by God. And God said the Holy Spirit. He said, if you start asking the Holy Spirit for things, I'm not going to give you a stone. I'm not going to give you a serpent. Don't worry about the demon stuff. Trust me. Trust me. When you start talking to me about Jesus and the Holy Spirit, trust me. So let's look at what it says. Let's look in John 14, 15. We'll read through uh, 18 there. Uh, it says, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Let me stop right quick. John 14, chapter 14, chapter 15, chapter 16, chapter 17 is the last things Jesus said before he went to the cross. If you knew you were going to die tomorrow at 9 a.m., or there's some important things you would tell some certain people. Hmm? Jesus is telling his disciples, and nobody wrote about this. So John in his 80s, the Holy Spirit said, you need to write this down. Now, I'm going to back up. This is 14, and this is important stuff. Okay? If you love me, keep my commandments. Hmm. Okay, that's pretty important. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. Everybody say forever. He's the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit is in you. And so, uh, and he, verse 18, I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Or he says, I will reveal myself to you. And, and I, I, I saw an example. You know, we had a, 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 a pulpit back in our church in Louisiana, and then we had a busted one. Because uh, you'd be surprised what a fly out of the back of a pickup truck if it's not tied down. But uh, it wasn't me. And, uh, but this, this is a podium, and we have another one just like it in the back. It's not this one, but it's just like it. The Holy Spirit is not Jesus, but he's just like him. And Jesus came as a man, but he was God, but he laid his deity down and he taught us to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to be filled with the Spirit of God so we would learn how to live and operate. And he did everything by the Spirit of God. Jesus did everything by the Holy Spirit. John said that he told me who I see the Holy Spirit land upon and stay. That's the Son of God. Guess what? Now we're the sons of God and the daughters of God. And we have the same spirit that Jesus walked with. It was the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is here to be our helper. Now, in Romans 8, 14, and Romans is a great chapter to read. Go camp out in Romans 8. But listen, 8, 14, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For as many as are led. So here's what that tells me. Sons of God, daughters of God, you need to be expect to be led by God. You need to have an expectation when, all right, what's my choice here? Lord, I need help. 
okay, this is where you really need to get it. Uh, I need to go to Roanoke and buy, buy some whatever, lumber. And I can go Tuesday or Wednesday. Well, what's going to be best? No. You can get involved, but ask the Holy Spirit, what's the best day for me to go? What's the best day for me to go? You know, Pastor, you, you ain't got nothing to do. You got all week to do a sermon. You know, sometimes the Holy Spirit says you need to do the sermon today. Get your sermon ready because things are going to happen. And I'm like, what's going to happen? He won't tell me. But I get my sermon ready, and then I'm available to deal with issues, hurts, and divorce, or death, or whatever it might be. And the Holy Spirit will tell you and show you things, and he'll, you can be led. So say, I'm going to be led. Come on, say it with me. I'm going to be led even more than I ever have been before. You can go directly to God. Jesus said you go to the Father in my name. You ask the Father, it's kind of like a relay. And the Holy, when you ask the Father for something and Jesus said, I'm going to give it to you, the Holy Spirit says, here it is. The Holy Spirit's on the inside of you said, here it is. Do this, do this. So, Again, let me just read this real quick. Let me give you some of these. If you want to write them down, Romans 8, 26, it talks about the Holy Spirit being our helper. He's a helper. How many of y'all need help from time to time? I know I do. John 16, he's a comforter. He's an advocate. An intercessor. How about your counselor, a lawyer? Come on, I need counsel. He's a strengthener. And he's a standby. He's standing by. How many of you know angels are standing by? Well, you know what? Most of y'all's angels are in there drinking coffee because y'all never pray. You never ask them to do anything. And they're like, man, hey, you need some more cream in that? I wish somebody would pray something so I could go do it for them. They're on standby. Reading the Old Testament and the New, angel got Peter out of prison. He thought he was dreaming. Huh? And the Bible says in the last days, which we're in, there's going to be, there's going to be more angelic visitations and angelic things happening. Come on. Help me, Lord. Well, pastor, you just out there on that stuff. Well, it's time to get out there. It's time for, to believe God for miracles, even greater. Because he just said that what I do, you can do. We read that. So in Galatians 1, 6, the Holy Spirit reveals the Son. In Colossians 1, 7, he's empowering us. Listen, the Holy Spirit's here on the earth. He's our helper. I'm going to read John 16, 15. I'm sorry, John 16, 5. Put it on the screen for us, John 16, 5. But now I'm going away to the one who sent me. This is, this is Jesus' last words, for chapter 14, 15, 16. To the one who sent me, he's going to the Father. And not one of you is asking where I'm going. Mm-mm. Instead, you grieve because of what I've told you. Verse 7, but in the fact, but in fact, it is best that I go away because if I don't, the advocate won't come. 
if I do go away, then I will send him to you. Isn't that great? And I've used this example before, and I apologize if you've heard it before, but I was in line at Disneyland with my kids, and we're doing this. We're in line. And I look, and there's a sign right there. It says the ride is three hours. I'm like, what? Get out of line. We're going to go ride something else. It's not worth it to wait three hours and spend three hours of our day that I spent all this money to be in line. If Jesus was here, Jesus, I wish Jesus was here. Okay, you're not going to get to see Jesus. You're going to have to get in line. You're going to, so you can see, oh, so 2023, it's May 2023. Uh, your date to see Jesus in Jerusalem on the mount is May 2026. I need him now. Jesus said, I'm sending a better way. I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to live on the inside of you. The same spirit that raised me from the dead is going to live on the inside of you, and he's going to walk with you every day. He's going to be with you every day, and you can call upon him every day. This is the way. This is the way God set it up, that we could have the Holy Spirit, the same spirit that led Jesus, the same spirit that empowered Jesus to calm the storm, the same spirit that had him raise the dead, the same spirit. It's got, we've got to turn our focus on the Holy Spirit on the inside of us to hear what he has to say. He never talks about himself. He talks about Jesus. He talks about the Father. And when he talks about Jesus, Jesus is telling him, telling him about the Father. The Holy Spirit is our teacher. You say, well, Pastor, boy, you did a good job. It's the Holy Spirit that's teaching this morning, not me. I'm just the mouthpiece and the stirring up the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. Because you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. And what I teach ought to bear witness with you. If it don't bear witness with you, then you know what? Yeah, yeah, I just don't bear with you. We need to talk about that. And we can talk about it. But I'm giving you enough scriptures to back up that you have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, Christian. And there's power. He come to empower us. So if you read Acts and you start going in the book of Acts, and Acts 2 is when the Holy Spirit was poured out. Now I want to show you a little secret. If you got to go and dig it out, you got to go and dig it up and look at what you're reading. When Jesus was raised up and come out of the tomb and he met with his disciples, he breathed on them. You know, 12 times there, but there's probably more than that in the room. He probably went, and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. What is that about? They got saved. They saw, they knew who Jesus was. They knew he was the son of God. They knew he was born of a virgin. They saw him do miracles. They knew he died on the cross for their sins. They believed in him. They saw him raised from the dead. What must more do you do to be saved? They got born again. But in Acts chapter 2, they're in the upper room and the Holy Spirit's poured out. It's a whole different thing. The Spirit of God was poured out to empower them. Acts 1.8 says, you shall receive power. Oh, power. Power to what? To be a witness, not to walk around, I'm powerful. You ain't helping nobody. To be a witness, power, that when you tell somebody about Jesus, it's, it's being re- the power is being released to them, and they like, I believe that. That's exactly what it's for. They were all hunkering down, you know. 
hiding because Jesus had died. He's gone away. What are we going to do? But the Holy Spirit was poured out. What do they do? They stumble out in the streets, and Peter starts preaching. And 2,000 people get saved. He goes from being a, a scaredy cat to a bold man of God. He's bold now. Let me back up. And I read it probably. It said that they knew that they'd been with Jesus when he raised that, when he told that man, the crippled man, to get up and walk. We got to be known that we're more with Jesus than not. All of us, myself included. I'm always preaching to me. These sermons are for me, in case you don't know, but they're for you too. And, and it's not about, if you go read in Acts 10, Philip, who was not one of the 12, became the first evangelist, went down to Samaria, prayed for people, they got healed. People were dealing with witchcraft, but there was great joy. What, what, salvation, what comes with salvation? Joy. There was great joy in the city. But then Peter and John go and pray for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They were saved, but they needed to be filled with the Spirit. They needed to be empowered. Man, before I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I was back and forth, living in the world and out of the world and, and you know, as a teenager and, and uh, just stupid. I ain't supposed to say that no more. I'm sorry. But I were. I was. And we all can do it again. We're not perfect, but we have to follow the best of our ability to know who God is. So in Acts 8, Acts 10... A Roman centurion was praying and believing God and loving God. And he, an angel again came and visited him, said, you need to send two men, go get Peter. And Peter, I don't have anything to do with Gentiles. They feel prejudiced. They were supposed to be the light of the world then. And God has to give him a vision, sends him an angel, talks to him, said, you need to go with these two men. They're waiting on you down at the gate. You know what? God can show you things to come. People are waiting on you. How many people are waiting on you to tell them about Jesus? How is the Holy Spirit waiting on you to learn more about him and Jesus and the Father? So you can tell it. Man, if I ask you how to drive a car, could you tell me how to crank it? Could you tell me how to put it in gear? Could you tell me how to steer it? Could you tell me how to brake it? Easy peasy. It ought to be easy to tell somebody about Jesus. You got to dig in. You study what you like. You study what you want. I mean, you, if you find a pie you like, you learn how to cook it. Well, hey, I like, I like this on a regular basis. Well, you need to be on a regular basis being able to give a witness and a testimony. I love Miss Shirley talked about her husband. And he said they'd be getting gas, and he'd ask the guy, hey, man, you any good at directions? And the goes, says, well, pretty fair. He said, can you tell me how to get to heaven? And the man goes, well, he goes, well, let me tell you. Isn't that awesome? God will give you things. I've been standing before people. I've been standing in the jailhouse preaching, going to a man. Who knows? I didn't ask what you in there for, but I know he was bad because nobody wanted to talk to him. And the Holy Spirit would tell me, ask him this, ask him this, ask him this, and would open up his heart that he would receive. 
You, when you stand before people, the Bible says, don't worry about what you're going to say. I'll give you the words. But we're like, I can't go, I can't go, I can't go, I can't do that, I can't do that, I can't do that. My mom always said, can't, never could do anything. Triple negative, but you got to get up and just do it. You can do it. So in John 16, 13, we're going to jump down to 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory. This is Jesus talking about. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. And that and all that belongs to the Father is mine. This is why I said the Spirit will tell you whatever he receives of me. Man, we have access to the greatest teacher, the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the greatest teacher, but the Holy Spirit helped Jesus. And if you're in school today, he knows math, he knows science, he knows history. He knows your job. He knows how to make you better at your job. The Holy Spirit. There's an empowerment. I, some of you are, 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 I know what I'm talking about. Some of you are like, man, I, I don't know. About, it's not weird. If you see people weird with the Holy Spirit, it's they're weird. The Holy Spirit, let me tell you, just talk about him just for a minute. He's a gentleman. He does not overreach. People overreach. And they're excited about what they've got, and they want to, you know, uh, try this. Try this pie. This is the best pie. Have you tried this pie? And, and they push it on you. And I, I don't like pie. You know, you, can, you, you really don't want to hurt their feelings. But people push the Holy Spirit. People push Jesus when they're not, not led. But they're excited about him. And the Holy Spirit is something to be excited about. And I want you to understand that there is more of God, and he's already on the inside of you, but he wants you to be filled and overflowing. You see, let me, let me go ahead and read this last scripture. In he, Hebrews 13, 5, it says, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man can do to me. Now, there's, there's two ways I want to go with this. Let me go with this first, just for a second. Some of you are giving people too much head space, heart space. Who is greater? The person sitting to your left or right or God? God's greater. Who's greater? The person sitting to your left or right or Jesus? Jesus is greater. And who's greater? The person to your left or right or your mama, your daddy, your children or the Holy Spirit? It's the Holy Spirit. But yet, we won't serve God because somebody hurt my feelings. Somebody, they won't let me do something. Well, God will let you do it if he's called you to do it. And so I'm just quitting because you don't recognize me. The Holy Spirit will recognize you. The Holy Spirit will open doors for you. You're trying to open doors for yourself. You're pushing. You don't have to push. 
Ask Miss Shirley if she's ever asked to speak anywhere. She goes to speak all over. She never asked. They ask her. When you have got the goods, you get asked. I never ask, but the Holy Spirit opens doors. And you're like, well, what would I say if he told me? I'm going to tell you something. I was coaching basketball, my daughter's basketball team, with another pastor. And we're pastors, and we're coaching the ball team. We're having a fun time. And we're sitting at, at the, right before the game starts, and he bumps me on the knee and said, hey, we're having a Christmas program. I want you to come speak. And he was African-American. He's a black guy, and his whole church is a black guy. And, and uh, as soon as he bumped me on the knee and said, I want you to come preach it, the sermon just downloaded into me. I knew what to preach. And I've made mention of it because it's the Holy Ghost sermon, and it was Christmas time, and the sermon I preached was, who's in the, who's in the manger? Because a lot of times we put our kids in the manger, and we worship them with all kinds of presents. And it was, you know, it was just a download. God will give you what to say. You don't have to push. You don't, you know, you, yes, you got to prepare. I went home and sat down and wrote it out, but that was the theme of the, of the sermon. You, God will give you what to say when he tells you to go say something. When he tells you to go do something, you've got the Holy Spirit. And you don't have to push. You just need to ask. I laughed at Gary. Gary Slimp said they used to witness, and they would go in the parking lot, and they said, Lord, is that one? Oh, how about that one, Lord? And they're looking for somebody that's hungry, somebody that wants to know God. Because you can ask a 1,000 people, get out of here. You're a weirdo, Bible thumper, you know, knucklehead, whatever, blankety blank, 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 blank. But you, we, we look for people that are hungry. And it's easy and it's fun. You go to somebody who wants to argue, say, oh, excuse me, wrong one. I missed it. You don't argue with them. Get on out of there. Uh, you're not hungry. That's why Jesus said, don't throw your pearl before swine. If somebody wants to argue with you, well, what about death doctrine? Man. No. Now, let's go back to I will never leave you nor forsake you. Do y'all believe those words? I will never leave you nor forsake you. So I'm sorry I'm going to hurt your feelings. I don't want to get up, but I want to teach you something. Miss Becky's sitting right here. Wave at me, Miss Becky. Don't put her on camera. She's world famous. And so, so if I stand here and say, oh, Miss Becky, be with us today. Help me, Miss Becky. I wish you'd come help me, Miss Becky. I wish she was in service today. I wish she was here today. I'm kind of insulting Miss Becky. She's here. She's right over here. And when you say, Lord, be with me, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's like, Lord, just be with us. Help us as we or be with us as we try. Be in our service today. He gonna be here. He came with you. He goes with you everywhere you go. He's with you always. And that's kind of got caught up. I mean, that's a religious thing. But what we're really saying is, but I'm asking you to quit saying, "Be with us." What we're really saying is, let your manifest presence be here. Speak to me. Guide me. Help me. I trust you. Not be, because that's kind of insulting to Jesus. Like, I told you I'd never leave you. I'm with you. I'm on the inside of you. You got saved. The Holy Spirit's there. But we want the Holy. See, there's a difference with the Holy Spirit's with me all the ways. He's with me when I'm sleeping. I don't really know it because I'm sleeping. 
but he's there. But what we need to be asking for is that manifest presence. Like when we come together like this and we're worshiping, you can sense God. Woo. And I'm not talking about the goosebumps on the back of your neck because you can get them listening to Bring a Fire from Johnny Cash. It's not the, the emotions, it's in your spirit. God's here. You need to lean into that when you feel God. You need to lean into that and feel that. Okay, God, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what you want to feel when you're driving down the highway. That's what you want to feel when you're walking into work and you don't feel like walking into work. You need to ask the Holy Spirit, okay, empower me today to do what I got to do. I didn't sleep last night. Empower me to make it through today. See, that's what you've got to lean in. You're asking the Holy Spirit to manifest strength in you. He, look at the Old Testament. There are types and examples. And I, I'm, I'm about to go, but look, look. David, man, the anointing was on that rock. The presence of God was on it. I'm coming at you in the power of God. How about Samson? Samson wasn't bowed up and big, muscled up guy. He's skinny like me. He picked up the gates. The gates. Ran off with them. Caught foxes. You ever tried to catch a fox? You can't. The Spirit of God came on him and he did strong things. I know people that have prayed and they, they worked physical labor and weren't supposed to be able to do it. I know people, God will make you look smart when you're not, and I'm one of them. God will help you answer questions, and people will say, how did you come up with that? He'll even help you play in Bible trivia. You study your Bible. He'll bring to remembrance things or show you things. And, you know, I, I got a, 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 a prophecy, and I'm trying to close this land this plane, as they said last Sunday. Listen to me. There are things coming that have been in times past. There's, there's revival coming, and it's going to be, but it's going to be renewed. It's going to be things like we've never, we've, we maybe, you haven't seen it before, but it's been here on the earth before. And we got to get ready for it. We got to ask the Holy Spirit about it. And we need to start believing that the Holy Spirit wants to do some things in our life. That he wants to guide us and direct us. And I'll say, I'll say this, I, 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 I told it about three weeks ago, the Holy Spirit will come on you while you're at home and will help you answer the phone. He'll help you answer the phone while you're going down the highway. I, he'll, I put worship music on in my car, and I've had people get in the car, and I never said one word about Jesus or one word about the Lord, and they start telling me how they need to get their life right. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. I got to get back in church. Yeah, that's a good thing. And I ain't saying anything, but the Spirit of God that's on me and in my car is gets on them. That's why you need to be a worshiper. It's not just for you, but we need to honor him. It's his presence in you and on you. It's that manifest presence. He's always with you, but sometimes you need his manifest presence to help you answer hard questions, to help you work that day, to help you deal with that belligerent boss or coworker. And he'll instantly and automatically help you. I'm going to close with this funny story. There was this guy I worked with, and he was one of them rockers, and he could sing. He had long hair, and he always wanted a band, and he could imitate anybody. And he would imitate people, and it was a spirit on this guy, and he could mock anybody in the room. And when he did mock you, it just, yeah, I saw people get mad. Quit mocking me. 
And he and I were up on a, up on a, 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 a lift. And I, there's no way to get nowhere to go for me. And he, I said, hey, throw me that wrench. And he imitated me to a T. Hey, throw me that wrench. And I looked at him, and it just irritated him. You know what I said? And, and it wasn't me. It was the Holy Spirit. I said, Jesus is Lord. And he went, <laughs> He didn't mock me anymore. I don't know why, but I said, Jesus is Lord. He couldn't say it. Kind of scary, isn't it? That's the Holy Spirit will help you answer, help you get by, with, help you people that are hard on you, people that are rough on you. He will give you favor. He will give you. That's why you need the Holy Spirit. You need favor. I go up by ice and they give it to me. Okay. You sure? Don't get in trouble. I got money. No, we just get, just get out of here. God's favor is on you. Lean into that, but ask God for his manifest presence. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you stir our hearts like never before. We need to know the, the, the things that are coming. Holy Spirit, show us the things to come. Teach us to hear your voice, what to do and how to do it. To live this life, we're not alone. We are not alone. You're with us always. You come to empower us. You come to fill us up. You come to give us great and mighty things to, for the kingdom of God, to be that light and that witness. And Father, as we go through the word these next few weeks, Lord, stir in every heart. Grow us up. Mature us in the faith. Who we believe in. What we believe. God bless y'all. I hope y'all get a hunger for the Holy Spirit, a deeper walk with him. Amen.